1: Would you believe it?
0: This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q.
2: We are on the eve of the March Madness tournament really get cooking. Of course, they've got the play-in games going on right now, but we care about Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We care about the opening weekend in a major way, right? Got to get our brackets filled out. Got to figure out who's going to go all the way. Got to find all the red lines that we're going to end up putting on our bracket when we get everything wrong. But we also need to look at the lines the betting lines. And to help us break it down is Jason McCormick, Stations Casino VP here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. And Jason, thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate you. And when you start to look at the the whole bracket and kind of break it down and look at who you feel has a really good path and all the lines start to get set, how does that process work?
3: Yeah, it's, it starts uh, way before the, the tournament even gets announced. And again, Q, thanks so much for having me. But it's a, it's a detailed process, and we, we're watching these conference games and how they finish their, their seasons. And uh, once they get those tournament matchups, the, the guys all kind of dig in. And um, really, uh, from our standpoint and looking at the way the bracket's kind of laid out, um, really kind of think Kansas got the gift of the tournament, uh, looking at that Midwest reason, region, uh, Kansas um, with Auburn being the two, Wisconsin being the three, Providence being the four, um, we kind of pigtailed that that uh, might be the weakest bracket uh, of the whole tournament.
2: So when you look at Kansas, as you mentioned, their path is pretty good. They're at plus, plus 1,400 to win the whole thing. How would you feel about that, that kind of a line? Do you, would you feel comfortable uh, laying a bed on, on Kansas?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think they're a great bet because you're looking at a team to potentially get to the final four, looking for that value. And obviously when you have teams like uh, the Zags and Arizona at the top and and three to four to one, I think that that somewhere in that range of that 14 to 20 to one is what you want to be able to get to so that when you get to the final four in the finals um, you've got a potential to, a chance to hedge and you've got a you know a good size uh, win on those teams you know
2: looking at these games and I feel like it's so it's so difficult to to set a line I mean we were talking earlier about Gonzaga and uh, Georgia State and uh, they're at what 23 and a half right now and uh, something like that something close to that and I'm like man that is so tough how difficult is that in a basketball game because you know the talent is way greater on the Gonzaga side of things but at the same time a team could just get high and start hitting some buckets, and all of a sudden they don't. You know, Gonzaga doesn't doesn't cover. How difficult yeah. is that to to kind of gauge that?
3: It's it's much more difficult when you look at the 116 line and the 215 lines where you've got what are really mismatches from a college basketball standpoint. This is a game the Zags should be able to come out and really dictate the pace, dictate the score. If they wanted to win by 40, that's probably something they can do. Um, we actually you know um, had this line around 27 okay. um, when we were first doing our numbers, and, and it's kind of dropped down a little bit. But those are the tough games that, that those are the tougher games to make. And again, because we don't do a lot of the Smaller school games, or get to see these teams play on national television a lot, is a lot harder for us to kind of look at the smaller teams. But the the much, uh, the big conference teams. Uh, those teams were really kind of locked into and are much uh, much easier for mu- us to make a number.
2: Talking right now with Jason McCormick, Stations Casino VP here on Unnecessary Roughness, Red Nation Radio 920. All right, Jason, if I was going go to go
4: onto the STN Sports mobile app and place a couple of bets, how do you feel about parlays for the NCAA <laughs> tournament? Because I'm a parlay guy because I think it'd be easy. Hey, you feel confident about, let's Ain't say, nothing Memphis. Easy. <laughs> you, say, you feel confident about Memphis. You feel confident about some of these games. Are parlays a safe bet for the NCAA?
3: Well, I'll tell you, as my job, I love it when you parlay stuff. Um, no, uh, again, parlays is where you're going to have those big tickets and the big payouts, but from a, st- a whole percentage standpoint and your chances of winning, you want to you make straight bets and try and win as many of those straight bets as you can and stay away from the parlays. But, again, very difficult for us to do. And I, if you're going to parlay, keep it to two teams or three teams. Um, don't be chasing those five- and six-teamers. There
4: you go. Oh man, he like this is like when people tell you don't eat candy before dinner.
3: Well, you're not supposed to. But again, if 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 you're going at if if you've got that discretionary income to where you want to go after that lottery ticket, if you want to play that ten to twenty bucks. To win two and three grand and you've got that you know you want that ride you want that fun of being able to cheer through that five games then yeah absolutely go for it but if you're looking to try and stay around as long as you can to be able to bet the whole tournament from soup to nuts from you know thursday all the way through the rest of the tournament you got to look at just trying to pick winners on each given day and not uh, not hooking them up in a parlay standpoint
2: jason he works here at the radio station so you know he ain't got that kind of money <laughs> uh, yeah i want to i want to get
3: him signed up for the app right now let's get him let's get him set and ready to go there you uh, go. And we added, we, you know, one of the other things, we added a ton of props. Nice. So, you know, the, it's, it's kind of like the Super Bowl. Yeah, in, in year, the, the last several years Super Bowl props have just absolutely exploded and anything that's going to happen in the game, we've got a prop and, and college basketball starting to move more in that way and so the, we've added tons and tons of props to, to the March Madness games, uh, races to 10, 20, 30, you know, the teams to score uh, who's going to score 10 points first, who's going to score 20, who's going to 30, player props I mean, you, you name it, there's a prop out there for it, so it's another kind of fun thing to look at uh, from a prop standpoint.
2: Well, let us know about the app, let us know how to get it, and give us a couple prop bets that you really like that you think are really good ones for us.
3: Well, first of all, yeah, to get the app again, you know, you're walking into March Madness Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's an all-day event. Uh, not all of us are gifted to be able to sit in the book all day, so one of the things that's great to have is that app, so no matter where you're at, uh, if you have to go to work for a couple hours, uh, you can get that app and, and uh, be able to make your bets from the, from the palm of your hand, whether you're at home, at work, or wherever you may be. Literally takes less than five minutes once you come down to a station's Uh, book or or the El Cortez, they're just going to need your boarding pass card and a driver's license, they'll get you signed up, and now you're going to be set and ready to go. So it really, really is an easy process. And from a standpoint of, you know, I always say this first week um, is less and less about trying to find the winners and who's going to win the big dance, but it's about who's going to be the Cinderella story, Mm -hmm. um, because really that's what this first weekend's about, is you know, who's, who's going to come out of nowhere and, and, and kind of uh, wear that slipper for the first weekend? And uh, we're all going to fall in love with that team and hope that these guys can, can knock off some of the major players. So uh, those, those are the kind of things that I look for in this first weekend. And um, one of the ones for me is... Um, an 11 seed in, in Iowa State. Again, not a, not a sexy team, not a lot of team that, a lot of, a team that a lot of people are talking about, but they're an 11 seed playing LSU in the first round. Um, LSU just, uh, just fired their coach. They've had yep. some turmoil in the, in the organization over the last couple weeks. Um, so it could be a spot where, where an 11 seed could upset, upset a six. And if Iowa State's able to win that game against LSU, uh, they would go into Wisconsin, uh, the Wisconsin-Colgate winner, and, and Wisconsin's a pretty uh, good favorite there. But Wisconsin lost this past week um, to Nebraska, who is the bottom team in the Big Ten. And if you can lose to Nebraska, um, you can lose to anybody in the country. So Iowa State was one of those teams I had circled as potentially, uh, you know, a, a diaper dandy, uh, a team that could be a Cinderella, and then. We do have a couple other teams in a, in a South Dakota State who's a 13-seed that's getting a lot of people talking about them. Uh, they're a 13-seed who's playing a four-seed in Providence, and they're only a two-point underdog. So kind of really when you look at it from a bookmaking standpoint, when normally when we have a four-seed playing a 13-seed, we're talking about 10, 15-point uh, spreads. Uh, but South Dakota State's only a, a two-point underdog to Providence, so there's a, a big 13-seed that could pull an upset and then another one for me is Davidson. Um, they're a 10 seed out of the Atlantic 10. Um, they're playing Michigan State. And if you if you kind of look back in the history of the, of the league and talking about Cinderella stories, um, you know, George Mason, uh, Virginia Commonwealth, those are some of the teams that always come to my mind, and they come out of that Atlantic 10 conference. Um, and Davidson's uh, clearly been the best team out of the Atlantic 10 conference, uh, so I look for them to potentially uh, pull an upset. And they do go into Duke in the second round, uh, but uh, something's not been right in Duke. For the last couple weeks, I'm hoping that Shashevsky could maybe, uh, you know, give us a, a miracle last run here to, to celebrate his his uh, on his way out. But uh, uh, Davidson could put a put a uh, chink in that armor.
4: All right. Well, you mentioned earlier how Kansas they have maybe the easiest path of the one seeds being in that Midwest region. But who is the public putting their money on to win it all before the tournament even starts? Where's that action being played? At most, you know,
3: um, the the team that we've got the most liability on is UCLA. Um, again, they're the four seed in the East. Um, taking a lot of money on them. Obviously, the the West Coast bias to, to um, some te- you know loving some teams on the West Coast. You can currently get UCLA at eighteen to one, so that value is there. And they're in that bracket with. Baylor, uh, who is the weakest of the number one seeds, Kentucky being the two seed, and uh, Purdue being the three seed. So that bracket seems to have a a little bit of an opening as well. And then another team that's being popularly bet is Tennessee. Um, They're a three seed in the Arizona South bracket, which I think is the toughest bracket um, uh, going. You've got Arizona, obviously your Pac-12 champion, Villanova the Big East champion, Tennessee wins the SEC Illinois is the four-seed in that bracket with the regular season champion. But S- uh, Tennessee coming out of that SEC and winning that SEC championship, uh, a lot of people are putting money on, on Tennessee. And again, same kind of format of um, kind of remembering what we saw last, it was, um, was the Iowa Hawkeyes um, walking through the Big Ten tournament, uh, pulling some upsets, a team that can absolutely shoot the basketball and score the basketball. They're the five seed in that Kansas region. Um, they kind of are one of the teams where you look at that five seed and go, man, they just won the Big Ten title. They might be uh, a little bit... Uh, uh, seated a little bit low and you can get iowa 25 to 1 um in that uh, to win the whole thing but again in that kansas region
2: you know just for the record i have ucla winning the whole thing i'm just saying i haven't winning the whole thing in my bracket they're actually knocking off baylor and that's and that's the one i wanted to ask you about uh, to, to wrap this thing up uh baylor they're the defending champs they're number one like you said the weakest of the number ones they've got some injuries that they're dealing with uh how do you see their run shaking
3: out yeah, I, again, repeating as national champions is what, one of the toughest things to do. And, you know, I told you guys, I, I, I like Kansas. I think during the week, I think the Big 12 is, our, is the best basketball conference in the country. I love the defense they play in the Big 12. I think Texas Tech's another scary team out of the Big 12. So. I don't think you can write Baylor off. I just think that um, they do have a tough road, and you, you brought it up. They're just going through some injuries, and I think that that bracket um, with UCLA and Kentucky, um, I do kind of like some of the other teams there, and I, I actually think they go into North Carolina. While I like the be- defense that um, – uh, Baylor plays. If North Carolina can get through Marquette, uh, I think North Carolina could be a scary team at the top of that side of the bracket. Nice.
2: Hey, well, great stuff, Jason. That's really good stuff. Great way to get us going for the uh, March Madness. It really gets cooking uh, tomorrow afternoon. And uh, if you don't mind, we'd love to have you on back n- next week when, you know, everything starts to dwindle down a little bit and we can kind of tighten everything up because uh, you did a fantastic job, man. We really appreciate you.
3: Oh, a- anytime, guys. Anytime you want anything, happy to do it. Uh, again, it's a lot of fun. And uh, wish you guys luck in your picks and try and stay away from those 18 uh, parlays. <laughs>
2: there you go. Hey, we appreciate you, Jason. Great stuff. That's Jason McCormick right there from Stations Casino, he's the VP. And I don't, yeah, man, I don't know what you're doing, Demond. I don't know. You're trying to but get that bag. It's the
4: parley. It's the magic. You already said if you want to put down 10, 10 to $20 and maybe win a couple thousand, it, it's enticing.
2: You hurt those odds. I know, but $10 you're, to win like a thousand. Your feelings gone. are going to get hurt when you lose. And it's going to be a game that you just know you're going to win. Like, oh, yeah, this one's in the bag. And then all of a sudden. Rip that ticket up on the first one. Yeah, there you go. 3.14 is the time. Many thanks to Jason McCormick. Coming up at about 3.30, my guy, Zach Burke, he's going to actually break down the brackets for us. So we got the betting line side of things. Now we're going to talk about how these teams could go on their run, what teams could go on the run. But we still have a lot more NFL news to talk about. We still got more Raider news to talk about. And we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
5: Hey, Raider Nation! This is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio
0: 920. Boom! Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy Q. Before the show was over today, we have Vegas Nighthawk tickets.
2: Indoor football league. First game is on Friday. Brand new stadium. They're in a facility. They're in Henderson. You're gonna. We're gonna send you there. The Do- Dollar Loan Center. The Dollar Loan Center. Right around the corner from the house. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, buddy. HSK
4: is gonna be playing their games yep, there.
2: Yep. Got a new indoor
4: league team there. Yep.
2: Yep. Well, we have tickets. We'll give them out before the show is over. After we talk to. Zach Burke, a little bracketology, we'll get to that. But right now we want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line 69187 keyword R&R. Tons of text messages have come through. Raider gone, 714 said, can you give us any more updates on the new running back and fullback added to the team? Will they just be camp bodies or will they be big contributors on this offense? Lastly, what does your heart say? Will Raiders sign a veteran wide receiver and who? What does your mind tell you? Lots of stuff right there from Raider Gone, 714 on the Ash text line. And as far as the running back and fullback that's been added to the team, they are not camp bodies. Those are guys that are most likely going to make the team. Uh, Brandon Bolden is a guy who caught 41 passes last year for the Patriots, so he's heavily involved as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Picture him as uh, Jalen Richard. Let's basically put it like that. He's going to take the role of Jalen Richard. Uh, I did want to give an update as well on Josh Jacobs tweets because I know a lot of Raider Nation's uh, flipping out, but uh, basically uh, someone asked him, hey, are you getting released or cut? And he said, no, not not that I know of. So most likely you're going to see him wearing that number eight. He's going to be uh, changing his number to number eight. And so anyone who has a 28 jersey like myself, I do have that. It's not going to be uh, worth the salt anymore, but that's okay. I mean, hell, I don't wear jerseys anymore anyway, but... Hey, it's a throwback. What do you mean? <laughs> right. Like, it's like we were talking about Eddie Jones yesterday rocking that 25. Exactly. He, he changed to six. Josh Jacobs goes from 28 to eight. That's cool. Brian Edwards even tweeted out he's going to change to number three. He better worry about getting on the field and catching a okay. damn ball. That's what he better worry about. He better <laughs> not worry about his number. He better worry about being on the field and being productive.
4: That's all that matters. You know, that's look all that good, matters. Look good, feel good,
2: play good. Yeah, well... That number three was all that was that's been missing. Yeah, whatever. Uh, telling you, man, he went into last year with a lot of expectations, and he did not live up to them. So he better not be worried about no damn number. What did what they say on Friday? You ain't got to worry about no uh no dog. What did he say? No, you ain't got to worry about no. I forget what he said, but anyway, you ain't got to worry about. back in the I can't. You, I can't oh, yeah, but I remember the end know, part. That's the, Yeah, you, ain't, you better got to worry about a dog catching your ass or something like that. Yeah. I forget catching no dogs. There you go. You ain't got to worry about catching no dogs. You got to worry about a dog catching your ass. That's what yeah. you got to catch a noise. <laughs> You're supposed to be the movie guy. You know I'm terrible at movies, so me messing up a quote is fine.
4: I mean, come on, man. Friday, the most iconic line, you know,
2: every time I come in the kitchen. I just said that earlier today <laughs> when I went through. And I, had, I bet you he had no idea what I was talking about. He's, he's like 16. Yeah, I know. He's our intern and everything. He's probably like, what is this old dude talking about? But anyway, good stuff. So as far as uh, that's that's the running back and fullback, yeah, they're not going to be camp bodies. They're going to contribute in, in a major way. Um, and then what else do we say? Does your heart say the Raiders will sign a veteran wide receiver? Um, you know, that's hard to say. I Honestly, no. What are you doing? Remember what I told you about? Your phone's going off in the studio. You, not did. To you did. Unbelievable. Not respecting the business. Yeah, exactly. My my heart says no, that they're not going to sign a veteran wide receiver because my heart tells me that they need to sign a big-time veteran wide receiver, and I don't think that they're going to do that. So, I mean, they already signed, uh, you know, Mac Hollins, but he's, he's going to be more of a – uh, he's gonna be more of a, a special teams dude, so they might they might go and get a guy that's you know like a Juju Smith Schuster, but that doesn't I mean for me that doesn't do anything. He might be a, a nice compliment to Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, but I just think that they need a big time player, and I don't think that that they're gonna go get that guy unless they all of a sudden pull off some crazy move where they go and trade for Devonte adams or or go sign Allen robinson but i think he's going to be a little bit costly so uh yeah so those, those are the answers i got for you when it comes to that 702-365-9200 that's the rare nation listener line who we got up larry in maryland larry welcome to the show
1: hey, hey how you doing chilling man I how you doing my, i'm doing great i call myself born to be a raider i was born in 60 and so was the raiders
2: nice nice
1: hey look i was just thinking about the josh jacobs um, tweet and uh I figured it would be the number because Mariota used to wear that number. And oh, he's going to yeah. be gone. That's and good so plan. I do have the 28, and I'll just probably take the two off. And after a few beers, who knows the difference?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. I like that. Good stuff. Is that all he's got? Is that a, is that all you got?
1: Yeah, that's all I got, but really, I like what they're doing so far. So thanks for taking my call, guys.
2: Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Larry said, hey, man, after a couple beers, it all looks the same. I got a homeboy, uh, Raider Allen, Georgia. You met him. You met him at the Rockstar. Remember Raider Allen and his wife were here. Uh, he, he, he'll take a old Jersey and he'll create something out of it. You know, like he has a Raider Al Jersey. That was a Crabtree Jersey, but he'll mix and match some t- I mean, he'll, he does some, he puts it work, man. Do they look nice? Oh yeah. Okay. No. Cause you know, sometimes oh, somebody yeah, just yeah, put yeah. the duct tape on no, no, it. No, no, no. It don't look like he got it from the swap mall or anything. He don't No, Like he got it off the back of a, uh, you know, a pickup truck or something. Now nah, he, his look legit, but yeah, he has a little thing that he does where he'll, he'll, uh, he'll kind of restore the old school jerseys. Uh, we got a text from big dub Raider. Let's go Q UCLA fan here. think we got a great shot. Hashtag eight clap hashtag Bruins. Got another text. Thank God for the American express credit card, Jersey replacement. That's Raider J from Sacramento talking about Josh Jacobs and the chances that he's going to be a uh, rocket, a new number. Big deuce said not a rebuild, but it's a If the tools you got are not right for the job you have, then you got to go get the new tools that you need for the job. That's from big deuce. And I agree with that. And that's going back to passionate Raiders call when he said that it was a rebuild. I I don't see that at all. I don't see this team making the moves that it's making. I don't see them trying to shape this team up. Give guys like Chandler Jones, a big contract for a rebuild that, that, that doesn't make any sense. A retool. Yeah, sure. I could see that retools make sense. You know, I mean, you do that every year. You, you look at what you have, you look at your roster, what worked, what didn't work. And, you move on from the guys that didn't cut it, and, and the guys that did, you, 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 you move forward with them. I mean, that's as simple as that. It's, it should be a retool every year, unless you have some well-oiled machine that you don't have to worry about. But there's very few teams in the league that have that well-oiled machine. If you look across the league right now, every team is attempting to get better. Exactly, and then for a
4: passionate Raider or any other Raider fan that thinks that way, oh, they're, just, they're tearing it down, would you, be, would you have been satisfied if they sat on them hands, or they sat on their hands and just ran it back next season?
2: No. Exactly. That would have been to me like, okay, well, what are you doing? You know, you, you went 10 and 10 and seven and you had six walk-off wins. Like the team needed to improve there need to be improvements everywhere. And I'm, I'm very encouraged. And I think Raider nation should be encouraged by what they're seeing today. A focus on the defense. I mean, the, the pieces that have been added offensively haven't been major pieces. They haven't spent major money on the pieces offensively. They're working on the defense. And there's still some names out there. There's still some names out there. 702-365-9200. Who's up next? Slow Jam James. Slow Jam James. Welcome to the show.
6: How are you doing today? What's happening, y'all?
2: <laughs> I'm never ready for that. I'm never ready. Even though I know it's coming, I'm never ready for him to.
6: What's happening, y'all? How are you doing? Hey, listen, um, you know, m- maybe it's just me. But, you know, I'm I'm thinking all these 28 jerseys. Maybe give him out his Valentine's Day gift or something. <laughs> I know, hey
2: man, I'm gonna I'm producing a slow jam hour just for you. You're you're in, sold. I don't care. <laughs>
6: hey, I'm on board. I'm on board. I'll do the intro. I'll do whatever you need. I'm I'm your guy.
2: <laughs> uh, you ain't lying. You're you are definitely the guy. Nice, right? But but seriously,
6: love for passionate raider. I mean that's that's my guy. I Had a chance to meet him. He's a great dude. Um, but I am going to disagree with him on this point because it's reloading is what Seattle's doing. It's what Jacksonville's doing. To a to a degree, it's what Denver's doing. Um, re, rebuilding is not signing re-signing Max Crosby to an extension. You know that's that's reloading. We're reloading right now. We're doing a little bit of retooling as well because we have a we have a new regime, a coaching staff, in the front office. So there's some retooling. There's, we're going to bring guys in that are going to be more to what they want to see as their team. And I don't remember all of the all of the players' names, but, I mean, you think about we bring in a guy that's going to be our return specialist. What does that do? Frees up Hunter Renfro. So he can mm-hmm. do what he does best, catch passes, be a pro bowler, do what he does. We bring in a defensive tackle that kind of shores up the run and helps the pass rush. Um, I just heard that we are looking at signing a receiver from Miami, 6'4", another big receiver. Um, We're making these these small little changes to kind of retool what we want to do, but we're also reloading with, with like, retelling Matt Crosby, getting this this corner from New England, getting Chandler Jones. So by no means is this 10-win playoff team, five-seed wild card, reloading at all. What they're doing is they're retooling and reloading so that they can take the division. That's, that's my opinion.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. Hey, good stuff, man. I appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, that wide receiver you were talking about from Miami, that's Mac Hollins. And funny little note, a nugget about him from Josh DeBow. No, normally when you hear that name, you're like, oh, God, here comes a terrible stat about the Raiders. New Raiders wide receiver Matt Collins was the guy who caught the 34-yard pass from Ryan Fitzpatrick with Arden Key grabbing Fitz's uh, face mask to set up the Dolphins' game-winning field goal on the 19-second drive versus the Raiders back in 2020. And so that's not really a shot. Josh DeBow not really making a shot. He's just pointing out who it is. So if you ever remember that play, which I know stands out to everybody in Raider Nation, including myself, that one made me sick. I was like, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me that that's how it shook out. But – yeah, that's that's the dude, and again, he's a good, really good special teams guy. He's not going to bring a whole lot to the table as far as receiving goes, but uh, he can do that. Uh, I know one guy that Raider Nation is interested in, Miles Jack. Adam Schefter says former Jaguars linebacker Miles Jack is expected to sign a two-year, $16 million deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers, so he's going to be going and uh, hanging out with Brian Flores, getting coached up by Brian Flores. So that's a pretty good little combination going on there in Pittsburgh. I know the Steelers were very high on, on uh, Miles Jack when he was coming out in the draft, coming out of UCLA. So uh, the, the Steelers get their guy, and Miles Jack, and he's going to get coached up by Brian Flores. I think that that's a hell of a combination. 3.30 is the time. When we come back, going to talk to my guy. What? What? What are you pointing at me now? You just threw me off, man. You I'm so sorry. I've been waiting for you to go to break. Oh. <laughs> like, you did, Like I was mouthing to myself. Like, Here we go. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were telling me something else. My bad. Nope. All right. Well, DeVon's been waiting, so we got to make this happen. My man, Zach Burke, he's coming up next. He's going to break down the brackets. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. 3.31
2: is the time. Here on Unnecessary Roughness, Red Nation Radio 920. And it is that time of year to get excited. Tomorrow, March Madness kicks. It's a hell of a hell of a time of year. It's one of those times where we all need to go to a sports bar, sit around, and watch hoops all day long. And including our next guest, he is a guy that will probably be sitting around watching some college hoops all day long. It's my guy, my brother, Zach Burke. Zach, how you doing, my man?
5: Q, happy to hear from you as always, my man. Uh... I mean, I don't know about sitting around a sports bar, but I will for sure be watching as much as I possibly can. You know me. We've known each other for, I mean, years and years now, and this is my favorite time of the year sports-wise. Like, I know some people get up for the Super Bowl, but for me it's always been the NCAA tournament. And uh, this one, another exciting one to look forward to because I have no clue how some of this is going to pan out in some of these, uh, you know, uh, regionals.
2: Right. No, it's going to be exciting, man. It really is. And uh, obviously we, we were working together, spent a long time together in Central Texas at the same radio station. Unnecessary Roughness was the name of our show. We had a great time. So, you know, it all comes full circle today. But I do know that this is your favorite time of year, and I got to ask about your favorite program, Michigan State. How far do you think they're going this year?
5: Oh, as much as I'd love to be able to be a homer and be like all the way. Uh, <laughs> the problem is, is I love the sport of college basketball too much to just lie outright about it. Um, I think that obviously, with this being Coach K's uh, last year, I expect the Blue Devils to go on a little bit of a run, and I think that Michigan State's going to be one of those casualties there in the second round um, if they can get past Davidson. Because there's been times that Michigan State has struggled throughout the you know conference schedule and there in the Big Ten, which you know has a lot of programs here in the tournament, and some of them they were able to hang with, and you know they'd go out and they'd beat Michigan. Uh, by, you know, 15-plus points, and then the next night turn around and lose to Northwestern. So it's a team that should be able to get past Davidson. I don't know if they can get past Duke. Uh, And also you just have to wonder how much magic that Coach K has left there because if I did my research right, I think he needs three wins to finish with 100 career NCAA Mm. tournament wins, which means a win over C.S. Fullerton, which they should be able to get, a win over Michigan State in the second round, And then at least where I have it in my bracket, which should be a really fun game for me, uh, is Duke and Texas Tech for that 100th Ooh. win. And that's where I think we could see our first really great matchup there in the Sweet 16.
2: Man, Texas Tech is playing some ball, aren't they? They lose Chris Beard, he goes to Texas, and all they do is just look like they get better. You know what yes. I mean? How, how have you seen Texas Tech playing so far this year?
5: Oh, man, it's a team that I've actually enjoyed watching so much and love, like you mentioned, with Chris Beard leaving. It's a program that you thought maybe – might have some problems adjusting, but obviously they didn't. I mean, it's a coach they're very familiar with, by having an assistant just kind of step up and take over the program, and he seemed like the right guy to be able to use there. They didn't lose at all during home, at least not during the, you know, uh, conference season, I think all season long. So they were a dominant force that knew how to protect their court, and they were a tough test no matter what team you were. They're a team who beat, you know, a one-seed in Baylor twice this year, uh, we're able to take care of Kansas once this year, too. A Big 12 team that has slowly – I remember back when Bob Knight took over Texas Tech and everybody thought that this was kind of, you know, going to be the start of the ascension of Tech and then Pat Knight took over and then it just never seemed to happen. Tubby Smith was in there. This right now, to me, seems to be the best Texas Tech basketball team I've seen in a long time.
4: All right, Zach, you said you didn't want to be a homer and go with your heart and pick Michigan State. So who has been the best team in college basketball to you, and who do you think, if, you, if we're going to put you on the line right now, who do you have winning it?
5: Ooh. I have, and it's just uh, I think that they've been so close and have knocked on the door that it's about time. You know, or with last year of game there, I think it's Gonzaga again. They've played in two out of the last four national titles. Like, there's a reason that, Mark Few always has this team up, ready to go, and they're used to it. Other teams you see, like a team like Longwood, I'm just bringing them up because it's one of the ones that I know for sure this is their first game in tournament history. Hmm. You're going to have teams that don't play as well when it comes down to crunch time in the tournament, and you have teams that are just built for it, and Gonzaga is built for it. Uh, i mean you can look at chet holmgren you can look at as much as i can't stand watching him play and drew timmy uh (laughs) gonzaga's always you know they're a great team and i have them winning it all again this year over arizona which is another program that i thought after sean miller left would have a hard time trying to you know get back on track but it looks like they've picked it up and ran with it well too but if i had to you know, uh, you're making me pick. It's going to be Gonzaga.
2: Talking right now with Zach Burke. We're talking all things bracketology here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And Gonzaga lost last year to Baylor. Baylor's in the east. Uh, they have to play Kentucky. They have to play UCLA. They have to play Texas if they want to get all the way to where they want to go. What do you think from Baylor this year? They're, they're pretty banged up right now, but what are you seeing from the from the Bears?
5: Yeah, um, I mean, they're a team that's obviously I felt like were built to – be in striking distance, you know, for the next couple years. Uh, The players they're starting to bring in, you know, uh, the transfers that they're able to bring in, the the pace they're able to play, and even when they, you know, get down and they hit some rough spots during the regular season, still being able to find a way to, you know, bounce back when it matters. uh, I I think the only question is right now is that loss to Oklahoma in the Big 12 tournament. Mm -hmm. Granted, they're still wound up being a number one seed. I don't think it's a game you have to worry about a much of uh, hanging over, But just making what was like two of 14 from, you know, uh, three is is not a great percentage anyway. Like, so you need to make sure, obviously, if you're Baylor to stay more or find a way to have, you know, obviously more higher percentage shots. But the rest of the bracket, the way it shapes up is I think that if you're Baylor, it matches up well for you until you get to the Elite Eight. And I think that you're looking at either Purdue or Kentucky there. Uh, I have Kentucky just off mine, and I think that, you know, maybe this team isn't, to that same level it was last year, dealing with the injuries that they're dealing with, and just um, you know the other the way we've seen them play and kind of fall short some this season. So I have them as an elite eight team. That doesn't mean that they obviously can't you know uh, prove me wrong. They've done that before in the past, so I'm not going to hold it you know against them if they do it again. But I just I can't for certain just seeing when they did stumble, how they did stumble, and then just not knowing. Uh, how they're able, or how they're going to be able to deal with the injuries they're dealing with, I don't know if I could put them as a national title pick again. So uh, it, it's theirs for the taking if they want it. They just got to go out and take it.
4: All right, Zach, it's time for the gloves to come off. <laughs> I looked at uh-huh. your Twitter bio, doing a little research oh, on yeah. who's coming oh, onto the yeah. show. Nerd okay. sports fan, that's fun. Batman over Superman, I agree. Bill Russell is the greatest basketball player I of all time. I told him don't
2: go there, Zach. I told him don't go there. All what's all what's your deal? Yeah. What's your deal?
4: what's my deal uh besides that i spit nothing but truth
5: um is that i don't care how many titles which by the way russell had 11 to jordan six one of those as a coach but he's a man who changed the entire game of basketball everybody talks about how great of a scoring machine wilt chamberlain is you know who we always had problems with bill russell because he was the greatest basketball player of all time yes obviously it changes from, you know, year to, not year to year, but obviously style to style. The game that was played when I watched it as a kid, you know, when Jordan was playing, when the guys like Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, I was a big Seattle SuperSonics fan, you know, were playing. I loved watching that, and I loved that style. And I miss, you know, having bigs that would just, you know, bang around down there in the paint. And Bill Russell is the epitome of that when he played. So... I'm I'm sticking to it. I'm not taking anything away from what Jordan did on the court, but 11 titles, including like a span of where they basically just lost what one of this of a whole decade they didn't win a title. Like that's dominant. I don't care what level it's on.
4: What about the argument that he was playing mailmen and plumbers <laughs> who were just who were just picking up second jobs playing in the NBA? Wow.
5: Oh, okay, okay. No, 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 no. That's uh, that's a, a valid argument. At the same time, though. Even at the time in the NBA, it's the best of what they presented with him. It's not like he was out there purposely being like, all right, come on, bring me the worst you can. But also to say – he came around the uh, or the, the, the time where it started to blossom more, and he started to get bigger names. Like Kareem came in right towards the end of that. Uh, obviously, had Chamberlain the whole time. I'm trying to think of that Lakers team. Guys like Spencer Haywood. Uh, oh, who are some? I mean, Jerry West you started, know,
4: kicked his yeah, kicked his butt every yeah.
5: year. <laughs> Bob uh, uh, Bob Cousy was on that team with him there. Like, yeah, it's not as many Hall of Famers, but at the same time, when I looked over the NBA's list of the top 75 players that they came out with for this year for the 75th anniversary, there sure were a hell of a lot of people in the 60s where he played. So it's just kind of strange to see the NBA themselves put out a list like that.
2: You guys sound like a couple old men, man. You guys sound like, <laughs> oh, you, guys sound <laughs> like you, know, you were sitting courtside at the, at, the, at the old games back in the day. Y'all were on YouTube. Real quick, he
4: said, like, oh, didn't get to grow up with big men banging. You grew up with Shaq. Yeah, no. <laughs> the biggest I of love the big Shaq. banging big men. I love
5: Shaq. But it, it went away. It went away after that. Still, nobody. And then also, just everything off the court too that Bill Russell had to do. I, I include it all as a whole, as, as a whole uh, a picture. Not necessarily. I, I get it. Like, I, and again, I'm not knocking anybody. If you want to say you know Jordan was the best, that's fine. Everybody's right to their own opinion. Uh we just know for sure that it's it's not LeBron, and then we'll what? move on from that.
3: <laughs> okay,
2: yeah, Q, you got another question. I, I, to, I told you he was going to give it to you. I told you. I, I to, Zach, I warned him. I said, me and Zach used to have bang out, drag yeah. down fights every day on the air yeah. about no. this.
5: Some of them, like, we would we would argue all show long, and then the show would be done, and we would stay in the studio and keep arguing, <laughs> even though both of us had more stuff we needed to go get done.
2: See? Exactly. I tried to warn them, Zach. They didn't, they didn't want to listen to me, and here we are. So LeBron ain't even getting a vote from you. Okay.
5: I mean... He's he's solid, but again, solid. Like, everybody, okay, well, we're comparing, like, he's not better than Jordan, he's not better, I already talked about how much I love Bill Russell, he's not better than Kobe, like, he's, if you take four on Mount Rushmore, sure, he can be the fourth one.
2: There you go. Yeah, he's a backup dancer. I mean, agree to disagree, <laughs> I mean. Zach called him the backup dancer, I like you. well, Zach, before we let you go, man, uh, and this has been great, man, I love, I love you. it's been it's been too long know. uh who do you have for your final four you mentioned you mentioned uh, who'd you say was going to win again uh, Gonzaga. Have, who do you have yeah. as the final four teams
5: i have zaga and then i have kentucky coming out of that east region over baylor
2: okay
5: um the arizona i'm going to give them a roll of the dice i usually have uh if you're still working on putting together your bracket don't follow me there because the pac-10 or excuse me the pac-12 always has a way of you know, never performing as well as I think they do. I don't know why it's a conference they hate me, they do. And then down in the Midwest, uh, it was tough between Kansas and Auburn, but I went with Auburn. So Zaga, Zona, Kentucky, Auburn, and then Zona, or excuse me, Zaga over Zona in the title game.
2: Wow. Our, hey, look, our final four is close. I got Gonzaga, I got Arizona, I got UCLA, and I got Auburn, and I have UCLA okay. top in Arizona in the championship uh, game.
5: All right. I like that too. Hey, UCLA is a, a solid little program. I'm just always, again, I'm a little leery. I don't know what it is about you guys out there on the West Coast. I, I put faith in you, and then not, not you, of course, Q. <laughs> you, you've always got my back. There you but go. I coast in you guys, and then, you know.
2: Right. Well, I'm the West Coast Texan, you know, I always will be. <laughs> Central Texas has a place in my heart always. So, uh, hey, Zach, thank you so much, man. Great stuff. It's great to catch up with you. How's Mama Burke doing? She doing okay?
5: Oh, she's doing good. She's going to know that I'm going to go ahead and text her when I get off to let her know, and she'll be jealous I got to talk to you, and she didn't.
2: There you go. Well, send her my love. Please give her a big hug when you see her.
5: Will do, guys. I appreciate it as always. Love you, Q. All
2: right, brother. Love you, too. See you later. Zach Burke right there. That's my guy. That's my guy. We used to have the drag-out fights. The drag-out fights on the air, off the air. It didn't matter. That's how we got down. Von Miller just got down. Von Miller just got down. He has signed a deal. I'll tell you the team and how much for when we come back. This is Radio Nation Radio, 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920.
1: What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation
0: 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. I had to take a
2: break. I had to verify that the information I was reading is correct. And apparently it is. I think people were getting up in arms when they saw Chandler Jones money. Three years up to $51 million. That's a lot of money. He's old. He's older. That ain't nothing. Von Miller, two-time Super Bowl champ now, just received a six-year deal. Six years. How old is he? 32. He just received a six-year deal for $120 million. With the Buffalo Bills, I didn't even know they had that kind of money.
4: His birthday March 26. He about to be 33 years old in a six-year happy
2: deal. mother, mother birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, Von Miller. If I'm a, hey, if I'm Von Miller, I'm in the back. Happy birthday you know yeah, what i mean it to yourself hey man yo I,
4: you're going out for that birthday celebration all the drinks on me hey, all of them. no nah, club on me
2: hey apparently von miller don't get down like that where he spends a lot of money he, he apparently that was one of his issues in denver is that he took all the rookies out or they went out and had a big remember he had that big christmas party <laughs> yo there, and, yeah. and we got all mad because he asked everybody to, 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 to uh, pitch yeah, in
4: i saw you uh have some shrimp look uh, I, I,
2: <laughs> i'm throwing the party but y'all gonna help pay for this yeah, man, you was drinking a little too much for my taste. Six years, $120 million. Ian Rappaport says, through the first four years the deal averages 17.5 million per year, but most importantly, Von Miller's to the Bills. So of course, we know it's an NFL contract. We know how, you know, there's a lot of, you know, play money in there. And so we gotta watch and see how it actually breaks down. But just the initial reaction, I even thought, six years a hundred million would be too six much. Six year deal is a lot. I there's gotta be some voidable years on this one. Gotta be.
4: This but, is a reputation contract.
2: I mean, hey, I, get your reputation on. I ain't mad. I am not mad at all. I love the reactions on Twitter. Six years, $120 million for a 32-year-old? No way. <laughs> Someone else said, that's quarterback money. Ian Rappaport said the bills aren't done. They're now signing former Bucks tight end OJ Howard.
4: Yeah. Surprised they got any money left.
2: Well, again, I, I mean, we'll have to see how the breakdown goes. I'm sure you guys will get it uh, with Vinny York coming up next in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. I'm sure you guys will see the actual breakdown. And it's, it's probably a lot of play money, but still, man, that is, that is pretty incredible. So Von Miller is not not with the Rams, not going back to Denver. And, hell, I wouldn't either. Like, I would want to – I'd, I'd want to have a plan going into free agency where I wanted to go, like my wish list. But if a team were like, hey, Q – I know that you're really not thinking about us, but this is what we are here to offer. Yep, I'm on my first on the first day spoken. Bye. Still got your coat from Denver, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Gonna need it. <laughs> Gonna need it. 350 is a tie. Let's talk to our guy, Gangster Gangster. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. Yay, yay. What's happening? <laughs> chilling, man, chilling.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm feeling good. I want the two of the players that was on my wish list was um Calais Campbell mm. and um Chandler Jones. And mm-hmm. we got Chandler Jones. So me I like we get one of them that shows that we serious. So, to me, it shows we serious. And I got to disagree with my guy, Passionate Raider. You know what I'm saying? I love the dude. That's my own Raider buddy for life. But I had to disagree. It's not a rebuild. You know what I'm saying? It's a retool. And we um not really retooling. It's like a switching tools, like sharpening our tools. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. instead of Jay Jones, we got the um the guy we signed for Miami. You yep. know what I'm saying? And, and everybody was feeling the same way about Jay Jones when we first got him. Mm-hmm. And look how he turned out. Yep. You know what I mean? Staying with Aguilar. You know what I mean? And also, as far as wide receiver, um, wide receiver I think we should go after is Cordell Patterson because he could be like a um, what you call a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Because he could play wide receiver. He could play tight end. He could line, line up his fullback or a regular running back. And in the um, red zone, he'll be invaluable. You know what I mean? So I want to go get him. And um I and we still Gilmore not off the board, right? We can still go get yeah. Gilmore, right? He's
2: still available.
1: Yep. Yeah, we get him and Gilmore and then um I forget the tackle name. I forgot his name, the um the right tackle, and we should be good, you know what I mean? And also I got a um, question for Kevin Slow Jam and James. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
2: hey,
1: how y'all called the Lakers in the city with no lakes? That's because y'all represent Minneapolis, Minnesota, the land of a thousand lakes. And another question, um, since you want to talk bad about the Clippers, when was the last time y'all beat us? Mm. I think the last time y'all beat us was in the bubble when y'all got the little bubble ring that don't even count. But anyway, that's all I want to say. And also, Raider Nation, relax. I'm telling you, that's why I was more excited about the GM hire than the coaching hire because the GM, he know what he's doing. Mike Mayock, even though I, I, I like to do, he was a rookie. He had never been a GM before. I didn't think he'd know how to do I don't think I don't think he knew the nuances and everything of the salary cap as much as this Dave Ziegler dude do, do. You know what I'm saying? So kick back, watch a master go to work. We had a um, a, a pretty much a um rookie GM um the last few years, and watch a master go to work, and you're gonna see how it turned out. You know what I'm saying? Let me give it to y'all like this, Raiders, let's go! On.
2: there he is, Gangster Raider right there. Give it to you, give it to you, good man. Uh, got some Clipper and, and Laker beef going on on the airways right here. I like it. Slow Jam and James. Slow Jam's is going to call it. Hold, hold, on, hold on now. Hold on now, young bud. Hold on now. <laughs> All right, let's go out to the Rare Nation. Listen to live one more time. Who we got up? Last one of the day, Juan the Smasher. Oh, we got to end it with Juan the Smasher. What's up, Juan? What's up, Q?
1: What's going on?
2: Hey, man, you know I'm chilling. I'm blessed.
1: Man, that's right. I know that's right. And you know what else is right? The Raiders getting uh, Jones. I'm very happy about that all these QBs coming to the league, to the division, that's nothing. Hey, all, all I know is Mad Max is coming on the right side, and Jones on the left side, all I see is sacks, bro. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hey, yep. And I, I don't really know who that cornerback is, but, hey, like I was saying, if, if we can't get offense, let's load it up on defense, and uh, let's let's go in and take out my homes because I can't stand those Chiefs.
3: <laughs>
2: Man. <laughs>
1: hey, hey, you guys have a blessed day, and thank you for everything you do, Q. Raiders.
2: There he goes. Hey, no doubt about it, man. Definitely appreciate you. And I I, I think that's the biggest key to today, man. If, I, if there's one takeaway I, I have, and obviously I have more than that, but if there's one takeaway is the fact that the Raiders really concentrated on the defensive side of things. I think that's a big deal. They added Chandler Jones. They added Bilal Nichols. They added Darius Phillips. They you've the seen. I mean, that's that right there lets you know, and I know that you know Darius Phillips is not going to be some big-time defensive standout stud, but you see that they're having a concentration on the defensive side of ball, which has been a long time coming for the silver and black. They're going to add and make some additions to the offense through free agency and the draft, but just to see that attention to detail on the defensive th- side of things makes me feel like they know exactly what direction they want to go. And it's our job to sit back and watch how everything Unfolds. Uh, I said I had a pair of tickets to the Henderson, uh, the, the Vegas Knights, excuse me, the Nighthawks. Uh, they're playing their game tomorrow in Henderson at the Dollar Loan Center. Call number nine right now. Hit me up, 702-365-9200. As we wrap up the show, these tickets are yours. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.